What it do, Gang Green Nation, baby? It's your boy, Big Zoo, a.k.a. Edward Zuman, a.k.a. Mr. Mama. It's that man again. Oh, oh, oh. And I can't believe we're coming to you for another jet season here. And baby, to quote the great Bart Scott, can't wait. And I want to thank everybody first off for tuning in here. Welcome, everyone, for our inaugural flight on the Time to Jets podcast here. I'm your host, Big Zoo. Obviously, I introduced myself already, but I'm a huge Jet fan. Been so since birth in 1995. The tough times with the back-to-back AFC championships are probably my uh, most vivid memories (laughs) of good as a Jet fan. And just to start out here, I mean, this, this is a fun time to get into the team right now. There's a lot of hope. There's a lot of good vibes. I mean, this is a this is a time for positivity as Jets fans, and I mean we gotta we gotta buy into it. But with that being said, there are hmm, how should I say growing pains to be expected this season. And I mean, from top to bottom, you got a rookie head coach, you got a rookie quarterback, you got a rookie OC essentially. A lot of players ascending into roles that, you know, they haven't necessarily been in in their careers yet. So there's going to be a lot to lot to watch this year, a lot of room to give for growth. And I think that we as Jet fans, we know that. So going into it, we're expecting to see, you know, some warts here and there. But by the end of the season, hopefully those get cleared up. And the most important wart that we want to see cleaned up early on, though, would be that offensive line. And I want to dive into that right away because in order to speak about Zach Wilson and his potential, you have to look at the offensive line first and foremost. Mekhi Becton, he is healthy. He is back from the concussion now. He will be playing against Carolina this weekend. So when you talk about the offensive line getting better, it starts with him over at the left tackle. Last year, rookie season, you know, had injuries, didn't really get fully into the flow, but he had moments where he looked incredible. And in a scheme where there's going to be a lot, and I mean a lot, of running, I think that he can start to take that next step in development and maybe get a little bit of confidence as well, you know, when he's being the big old bear that he is, running downhill, making some run blocks. I think that's good. For Makai, this season has potential to be a breakout one for him. Obviously, second year in. But I don't think there should be too much put on him right out of the gate. He missed a couple of weeks of practice here. He's still early on in his career. Didn't get the full season, like I said, last year. So you got to give him a little bit of room for improvement early on. But there's no reason Makai Becton shouldn't be vastly improved and potentially a top 15 top 10 left tackle in the league by the end of the season I fully believe that can happen the other big piece to this rebuilding of the offensive line is right next to Makai Becton in Elijah Vera Tucker now Vera Tucker you know he's going to be a rookie 
He's going to have issues. He's going to have big moments. He's going to have big games. And he's going to have really bad moments where you look and you go, wow, how do, how do you even have him out there on the field? But that's what happens with every rookie, especially offensive lineman. But I expect Elijah to be really good. I think, I think the Jets really got one in him. After watching some film, after they drafted him, just checking him out, looking how he's interacting with the fans, the team, how into everything he is and how vocal he is to what that offensive line is going to be doing, running the ball, establishing a run game. I think Vera Tucker is going to be in a good, good spot to have a really nice quick jump into becoming a productive NFL guard very quickly. The rest of the offensive line is now where we draw our question marks because Vera Tucker, Becton, those are two guys that building are building blocks for this Jets offensive line for the entire future. You look over on the right side and the center position where you got Connor McGovern at center, then you're looking at Greg Van Rotten at right guard. And then you have a battle going on right now between Moses and Fant for that right tackle position. And I got to tell you, if I'm having the pick here, I want Morgan Moses starting at right tackle because I value George Fant as a backup more so than I do Morgan Moses. And I think that veteranship on the right side of the line would be something good just to have stability. I mean, the guy was a, a pro's pro down in Washington over the last however many years, killing it on that offensive line. And, I mean, he is older. He probably isn't nearly as effective as he was, but I think he's a better option than George Fant to start off. And if it doesn't work out, you have George Fant ready to go. Because George Fan offers you a lot of athleticism, a lot of versatility, and I think you can move him into a guard slot if you ever had to in a pinch, you know, and that's why I'd have him coming on the bench or sitting on the bench right there because his value is too great as just a versatile lineman. So the offensive line has questions. <laughs> that's plain and simple to sum it up and we're going to we're going to get some answers pretty early on in the season but I don't think that those answers are necessarily going to translate to what it looks like at the end of the year. It's going to be a really tough game versus Carolina this week and we'll get into that on Sunday on the pre-game podcast which y'all can check out right here again. I will have that up in the morning Sunday prior to uh kickoff which wow, I can't believe can't believe it's almost here. And I can't believe we're almost ready to watch Zach Wilson take his first regular season snap as the quarterback of the New York Jets. And it's it's going to be an interesting thing to watch. I, I told you we have questions with the offensive line, and the offensive line is going to be integral to Zach's success. Zach has all the tools. Zach has the arm. He's got athleticism. He's quick. He could throw on the run. He's He's got all the tools. He's a little short, which can be an issue, and he's a little young. So he's not built into an NFL quarterback yet, body-wise. Those are two things that not, don't necessarily hurt you if the offensive line can keep you up and keep you in positions to make plays. But if that offensive line is giving up two or three, maybe even four sacks you know, every other Sunday, you're going to have some issues. And I don't want to see Zach 
have the same problems that Sam did early on in his career. And by no means do I think this offensive line is as bad as it was two years ago or even last year. But there is still room for improvement or there are still question marks that, hey, they could become, you know, bold in italics right there, ready to go. But they could also just fall out and become a bunch of, yeah. And you have a situation where you got a smaller player in Zach Wilson than Sam Darnold was. So the hits that he's going to be taking are going to be brutal. They're going to possibly have a little bit harder of an effect on him. And, I mean, I don't want to speak to anything bad, but, you know, that that can mess with a guy's head. We all remember what Sam said on Monday Night Football. I'm not going to repeat it. But we all remember what he said, and I think I think I can speak for all of uh, all of us here in Gang Green Nation. Yeah, that ain't it. <laughs> we don't want to see that again. So, I mean, Zach Zach's going to show us something, especially week one. He's going to have a couple of big plays that we're going to watch, and we're going to be very excited about. But he's going to have growing pains. He's going to make bad decisions, and he will be able to outgrow that. But it depends on this offensive line because if they're not able to keep him upright and they're not able to get this run game going, Zach Wilson's going to be in a very bad position come the end of the season. Running backs are going to be key to this team. Running backs are going to be key to Zach's success. We saw it out in San Francisco with this Kyle Shanahan system. You need to have multiple running backs and you need to feed them. And, Ty Johnson, Tevin Coleman, LaMichael P. Ryan, Michael Carter. These are all guys, none of which are, you know, demanding or commanding 20-plus carries a game or even 10-plus carries a game. So I think you can expect to see multiple running backs every single week out there for this Jets team going to do specific things that they do well. You'll see LaMichael P. Ryan probably in there in goal line situations, whereas Tevin Coleman will probably be a first down back. Maybe you have Ty Johnson out there in a third and long situation. I mean, there's so many ways this could go and this could happen, but knowing that San Francisco style, that Kyle, Hanna, Kyle Shanahan, ooh, sorry about that, people, that Kyle Shanahan style, you know there's going to be a lot of subs and – I'm excited to see how the running backs play because I think if there's one concern that I don't have about this offensive line is them coming out early and blocking hard on the run. I think they're all built for that. And I think out of everything, that's the one thing they'll be able to do the best out of the gates. And once that run game is established and those offensive linemen are starting to feel real good about themselves moving the ball downfield, and the D-line and the defensive front is starting to commit to the run, that's when you can start talking about these wide receivers and the guys that Zach Wilson can now throw the ball to. And you look at Corey Davis, he's got the biggest expectations. I said it before, what I want to see from him this season, though, is can Corey Davis be a number one option on a team? I'm not sure of that yet. I mean, he wasn't the guy in Tennessee. He hasn't been the guy since college. I just, I need to see it, and I need to see it in Jets green. 
the next important guy, the next most important guy, by far, is going to be Elijah Moore. Because when plays break down, when, honestly, when Zach gets a little bit of time, the ball is probably going to Elijah Moore downfield in some capacity. I imagine they're probably going to get him working on screens. They're probably going to have him running slants and outs for the most part. And if he's able to become reliable in those situations, you're going to see Elijah Moore get a lot more opportunity. You're going to see Elijah Moore become a lot bigger part of this offense. And you're going to see the guy that people have tons of high expectations for. I mean, you see the way some people are talking about Elijah Moore. You get really, really excited really, really quick. And I definitely see it in the way he plays. I definitely saw it in him in college a little bit as well at Ole Miss. But to translate that to the NFL, it has to be done. And until it's shown on the field, you can't really take anybody for granted. I like Elijah Moore. We just have to see what he's got. The guy we know who we got is Jameson Crowder. And unfortunately, he won't be with the team to open the season in Carolina. But I do think Jamison Crowder will develop into, or not develop into because he already is a reliable receiver, but I think he's going to become one of the go-to options for Zach Wilson the same way that he was for Sam Darnold during Sam's time here. Because Jamison's just got the sure hands. He's always in the right spot. He runs really good routes. And he's a smart player. He's a really smart receiver and a guy that a lot of teams would love to have as a second or third option because he's reliable, he's a vet, and he's a pro. He's the kind of guy I like having on this receiver corpse because he helps him out. We got to see what Mims can give us. He's in a bad spot. I don't know how much playing time he's going to get, but I really would like to see a little bit out of Denzel Mims this year because... Otherwise, that's just, you could chalk it up. I mean, it's already almost that time to chalk it up with Denzel Mims. He hasn't really done anything. He had a mediocre year last year. He didn't play a ton, and he didn't play a ton in any of the preseason games, and it didn't look like he was getting too many first reps with the team in practice. So I'm really disappointed, I guess, in that pick, and... I just I need to see some to to save it right now because you never want to waste second round picks, especially on a receiver. But that's all stuff that it's not going to matter if that offensive line doesn't get going and if that run game doesn't get going because there's not going to be time to get the ball out and people are going to be getting Zach on his booty. So being and a run be first a run team will be the team, Jets' identity this year. Most you really got to have yourself a good defense to go along with that. And I, I got to tell you off the bat as a defensive guy, I love my D line. I love watching D line. I love watching linebackers play front seven is pretty much, I could break anything down. I, I would love to break anything down and watch anything in the front seven. That's the part of the game that just speaks to me the most. Just a little something about me out there to start. So when I, when I look at the jets team coming into this year, losing Vinny Curry, Losing Carl Lawson, there's a lot of depth that just vanished from that defensive line. That depth that was going to probably propel this defensive line to being a top potentially five unit in the league, in my opinion. Now, 
You lose those two guys, two veterans, Carl Lawson, a guy you were expecting big things out of this season, 10-plus sacks perhaps. Now that's zero. And Jets go out, make a trade, bring in Shaq Lawson. You know, he's a good player. But you can't expect the same things out of Shaq Lawson as you were expecting out of Carl Lawson. It's just not going to happen. You're going to be gravely disappointed. And that's why it becomes sticky now. You're relying on guys who haven't shown you anything, or at least that they can be a top rusher in the league. Shaq Lawson, like I said, you can't have that same Carl Lawson expectations. His best season sack-wise, six and a half, sorry, then that was in 2019. You know, six and a half, that's not a huge number. That's about what the Jets are getting at, were getting out of Janoris Jenkins over the past couple of years. You look to the other side, you got Jonathan Franklin Myers probably starting. I don't know if that's, you know, I don't know if Jonathan Franklin Myers has that step in him to get him into the next level. So the two guys I circle on this defensive front that have to step up the most and make the biggest impact this year, Quinn and Williams, obviously number one. This is his make it or break it year if he wants to be a superstar in this league. He's going to be a really good player. I mean, he is a very good player. He he does his job out there every single week. You see it when you watch the tape. But he's just not a game-impact player. He's not making game-breaking plays. He's not in the backfield. He's not hitting the quarterback. It's just he does his job. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're the number three pick in the draft, you kind of have expectations to be a game-wrecker. And... So far, that hasn't been the case. Now you bring in Robert Sala. And based on what he did with not nearly as much talent or perceived talent as you have Quinn and Williams out in San Francisco with a bunch of guys, I think you're going to see the best Quinn and Williams this year. And hopefully that translates to top five defensive linemen in the league potential, that we finally get to see that come through, start seeing some sacks, Start seeing some forced fumbles. Start seeing some tackles in the backfield. You know, start seeing some doubles on him more often. Because when you have Foley Fatakasi, who's going to be eating double teams, and Quinn and Williams eating double teams, your linebackers are set up for having a great day. <laughs> they are going to have a very nice day. And it's going to be tough for that team to run against you guys. But Quinnen is the first man that needs to step up, and he needs to step up in the biggest way of anybody on the, t- on the team in general, and especially on the defensive side. But number two, and I've been talking a lot about Foley Fatakasi, and he's a huge part of this line, but he's not the guy who needs to step up to do more. You need Nate Shepard, who, I mean, he has been a developmental piece on this team you need him to step up and be a guy who can be your fifth defensive lineman, potentially maybe even starting at an end. I think if you can have him get into that position where you're rotating Nate Shepard in and out, giving your guys some time, giving them a blow so that they're not out there for as many plays as they're going to have to be with this depth being as hurt as it is, that's going to be a big-time piece. You watch Salah play defense. Rotating is key. And honestly, on any defensive line, you want to be able to go seven or eight deep. The Jets lost that luxury when they lost Vinnie Curry and Carl Lawson. But now, they need other guys to step up. 
Robert Sala has shown in the past he can get the most out of guys. I want to see what he could get out of these guys. I think there's something there. I think there's something there with Nate Shepard, and I would love, love to see him step up. And I think if he if he does, he might be the versatile defensive lineman that right now I don't see on the paper for the Jets coming off the bench. And I can't stress how important the D-line is enough for this defense until I go into the other position. So I will go right into linebacking first off. You have C.J. Mosley. C.J. Mosley running the show. C.J. Mosley a star. C.J. Mosley is going to need to be a superstar this year. He's going to need to do things that you don't don't believe that he's able to do. He's going to need to get back to that all-pro Baltimore Ravens linebacker who was taken over for Ray Lewis. That's the man that we need in the middle for this defense this year. Because if he can be that man, if he can be that playmaker, make those tackles, be good on the coverage or in zone like he was, be an intimidator for this defense and a leader, then we'll be in a good spot because I got to tell you something. I don't have very much very much confidence in any of the other options that we have right now at linebacker or any of the other starters that we have right now at linebacker. I mean, we'll see... We'll see what Sherwood can give us. Blake Cashman, back for another year. Doesn't really inspire too much, you know, (laughs) expectations, I guess is the best word to use. You got Quincy Williams, (laughs) Quinnen's brother. Maybe he ends up stepping up with Quinnen and becoming a nice little brother tag team in the defense. I'm not going to count my stars on that one or hold my breath for it, but it could happen. And finally, you have Nasir Dean, who, I mean, you, you don't really have too many expectations for the same way with Sherwood. It's just you got to see what they'll bring to the table, and hopefully they're able to make big boy tackles because that's what they're going to be expected to do when the D-line is eating up blocks. If the D-line's not able to eat up blocks, not able to cause double teams, cause issues in the backfield, get disruptions, then you're going to see these linebackers struggle from time to time. C.J. Mosley can only do so much, and I think he's going to return to that all-pro level this year. But when you look at two other linebacker spots that really aren't even solidified, it's going to be interesting to watch coming come in on Sunday here with the Panthers because... Like I said, defense is my place, and I, I don't know. I'm gonna need I'm gonna need to be shown something here. But Bob Sala again, Robert Sala, he's been known to do this. He's been known to make guys linebackers. We've seen that as well in San Francisco. So we're just gonna have to keep our eyes on and see what happens. I, I don't I don't doubt my man, but I don't have high confidence in this moment in the linebacking core and another position group that I don't have any confidence in and. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't say any. That's a little harsh, but very low, very low confidence and very, very low expectations for are the D-backs. Now, you got Marcus May back, like I said. He's playing on a fifth-year deal here. He needs to get himself a new contract. He's going to be playing hard. He's already a great player, team MVP from last year. Jets, in my opinion, should lock this guy up. 
I don't know why they haven't yet, but hopefully they do that because I think it would be a colossal mistake to let him go and to let Jamal Adams go as well. Those were two guys that you were building defense on, letting both of them walk without a second contract. That's a terrible look, terrible look for the team, but that's something for another day. Marcus, I think he's going to be good. You also brought in LaMarcus Joyner for the other safety position. That's a great, great addition. Veteran leadership, guy who has played a lot of places, played a lot of big games, made a lot of big plays in his career. I think you'll see LaMarcus Joyner not only step up as a leader on the entire defense as a whole, but I think you'll see him become the playmaker that this secondary has been looking for over the past couple of years. Ashton Davis, he's on the IL to start the year. We'll see what happens with him. I think when he comes back, the best usage of Ashton Davis will probably be at some sort of a corner position, most likely at a slot. But we'll see when he comes back how they decide to use him. That's going to be a big-time piece that needs to come back because the corners right now, this is probably the scariest thing on this Jets team, Gang Green Nation. I, I, I'm terrified to see these guys go out there against Tennessee in a couple of weeks. And I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how this weekend is going to look versus Carolina. But when you have Bryce Hall starting at one of the corner spots, and I like Bryce Hall. I think he's got potential to be a starter in this league and a good player. But when he's your number one corner... And then your choice for your number two corner is between Isaiah Dunn, Jason Pinnock, and Michael Carter. I mean, you're not exactly uh, you're not exactly choosing from the lottery there. Those are a lot of guys with no experience. I mean, they're all three rookies. You're going to have a rookie start, and his backup is going to be a rookie. And the other corner position, his backup is a rookie as well. It There's not a lot of veteranship on this defense. There's not a lot of experience, big game experience on this defensive secondary. And I got to say, that's the scariest thing to me because if this defensive line isn't able to create pressure and to create just anxiety in the backfield for the quarterback, then this secondary is going to easily be able to, you know, give quarterbacks the days of their career because they're young, inexperienced, learning a new system. And that's just not the recipe for success, at least early on for me. And that's part of the reason why I think there's going to be big time struggles across this team in the beginning of the year young players, and it's going to show, and it's going to hurt, and you're going to have negative thoughts, but stick with it because there is potential here. There is potential in the secondary, and it might not even show necessarily this year, but this could be vital for developing all of a sudden one of the best secondaries in the entire league come next year or two years from now. That's realistic, and that's possible. And by taking taking the hits now, taking the lumps, you're setting yourself up for success in the future. 
And the most anticipated part of any, any NFL team's preview, the special teams. And we talk about youth. We'll talk about it once again. You got a rookie place kicker in Matt Amendola at OK State who he's got a nice boot. I watched him play in college against West Virginia. Good player. We'll see how he translates to the league. Not always easy to make that jump, but we'll see how he goes. He beat everybody out in camp, and you know what? I'll Until I see the kicker really go in a game, I can't judge him because that's the, that's the only time it matters is regular season, big-time kick, or even a PAT nowadays. <laughs> if, you, if you're missing it there, that's when I'll be taking judgment of it. If you're hitting it there, that's when I'll make my judgment on you. So Matt Amendola... We'll just say best of luck to him and hope for a great year and hopefully a great career in green with the Jets. So let's hope that for our guy Amendola. On the other hand, punting. I mean, I think we got the best punter in the league based off last season in Braden Mann. Guy went out there, I don't know, it felt like 45 times a game and booted the ball 50-plus yards every single time. I was very impressed with him. I think this is going to be a breakout season for him. Potentially all-pro season. I think that's how good of a player he is. And I can't wait to watch him hopefully punt significantly less times this year. So, I mean, while I enjoy him being a great punter, I, I, I'm good with not seeing him too much more because, yeah, that, that ain't it no more, Chief. <laughs> but... The, the common thread of this team is youth. And the true, true thing that y'all been waiting for is predictions. And I'm going to give you them in a second. When I look at this youthful team, I expect a lot of growing pains. I expect a very poor start out of the gate. I think there's potential for, you know, bad, bad records coming back from London. But there's a nice little time period there from November to the end of the year where the schedule gets a little easier. The team will obviously have a lot more practice together. And I think by that point, the reps that they'll have in-game and at practice are going to start to really make translations for these young players, for this offensive line as a unit, potentially to find other pieces on the defensive front, clear up the secondary, there's going to be a much clearer vision of what this team is and who they are come after the London game and the bye week when they play the Pats on the road. That's where I think the season starts to turn. And I think this season actually ends up being a pretty good, pretty good year. I expect the O-line to come out of the gate looking very improved. I expect them to improve week to week. And... When the O-line improves, when the O-line is good, what did I say in the beginning? That means Zach Wilson will have a good year. Relatively, obviously, you know, there's still going to be growing pains. There's still going to be issues. But I think Zach Wilson is going to come out and be a finalist for the Offensive Rookie of the Year, if not the winner. And the only reason I say that is because we all know how everybody loves Trevor Lawrence, including myself. So we can't. Put him above Trevor Lutt yet. But I think it's possible. Call me crazy, but at least you call me. And I think we got to give this offensive line 
a nickname here. And I mean, it's not very original. But I think we call him the Big Nasty Zombies, baby, because that's what we're going to need them to be if we want to get to where we want to get to by the end of this season. And that's to hit goals, hit wins, learn from mistakes. And my prediction for the record for this season, when the D-line steps up and by the end of the year we find our secondary of the future, I predict the Jets will end the year 7-10. and 10. With the new 17-game schedule, of course. We got to love that. 7-10 and 10 ain't bad. I'll take that all day, twice on Sunday. And I guess I will have to take it twice on Sunday. Expecting big years here for Vera Tucker, Becton, Williams, and of course, our guy, Jet fans. It's our guy now. Zach Wilson. And it all gets started. It all gets started on Sunday. And that'll be the next time I speak to you right here on Time to Jets. Zoo out. Peace.